Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 8th of August. Coming up, ministers in Dover to discuss no-deal Brexit. We're spending millions of pounds in order to ensure that Kent and the rest of the country are ready for no-deal. And I'm confident that uh, with the, the hard work of people here in Dover and elsewhere, we will be ready to leave. Olympic skier from Medway diagnosed with rare blood clot. I usually get migraines, so I thought nothing of it really. But then it seemed to get progressively worse quite quickly. And Rochester Castle concerts could be scrapped. These concerts are popular, but to cost us that amount of money on, on four nights is, is excessive. Kent Online News. Senior ministers say they're doing everything they can to make sure the UK's prepared for a no-deal Brexit as they visit Kent to discuss possible disruption. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps and Home Secretary Priti Patel have been in Dover to meet with Border Force officers, representatives from the freight industry and port officials. They're promising to keep borders secure and ensure trade flows freely once the UK's left the EU. They were joined by Michael Gove who's in charge of the government's no-deal Brexit planning. I'm sad that the European Union appear not to want to talk at the moment. We've been clear that we want a deal and the Prime Minister is using all his energy in order to make the message clear to our European friends that we want a good deal that works in all our interests and we're approaching that in a spirit of friendliness. But at the moment the EU appear to be putting up the barriers and saying that they don't want to talk. I'm sure they will change their mind. I hope they will change their mind but we are ready to leave on October the 31st, deal or no deal. I think if we do leave without a deal on October the 31st, there will inevitably be bumps in the road, but it's my job to make sure that we're as ready as possible for all contingencies. And one of the reasons why I'm here in Dover today is that I've been talking to the people who manage this port, I've been talking to the people who are responsible for freight that travels to Europe, and I've been talking to those who manage other ports in order to make sure that goods can flow, that people can receive in their supermarkets and shops everything that they need and Britain's industry and commerce can carry on growing. I think it's important that we work with the French and with others in order to ensure that we have the smoothest possible exit from the European Union. In the event of no deal, of course, the EU has its obligations, but we here in the UK are doing everything possible in order to make sure that we are ready, come what may, to leave on October the 31st and to honour the instruction of the British people to leave the European Union. I'm confident because the UK has a very resilient food supply system that actually we will be able to make sure that people have a wide range and all the choice that they need. But of course, we're constantly talking to supermarkets, food distributors and others to see what more the government can do to help. And we stand ready to ensure that the regime that we put in place as a government is responsive to their needs. Leaving on October the 31st without a deal would certainly mean that there was pressure on warehouse space. But it's also the case that at different times of the year there are different trade flows. We're ready to manage those flows. Part of the reason why I'm here in Dover today is to make sure that we can leave on October the 31st and we can make sure that food gets to consumers in the the UK, but also our high-quality food produce manages to reach the many consumers in the EU who enjoy British food. The number one priority of everyone, not just in Dover and in Kent, but across the UK, is to make sure that we leave, and we leave in a way which ensures that goods and people can continue to flow, 
as freely as possible. And I'm here along with the Transport Secretary and the Home Secretary in order to ensure that in the days that remain, government does everything it needs. We're spending millions of pounds in order to ensure that Kent and the rest of the country are ready for no deal. And I'm confident that uh, with the, the hard work of people here in Dover and elsewhere, we will be ready to leave. Their visit to the county comes as the Maidstone Council leaders describe the money being given to local authorities to deal with Brexit as derisory. £20 million will be shared between hundreds of councils across Britain ahead of the October 31st leave date. That means the town will get about 50000 although bosses say the cost of preparing to exit is likely to be over a million. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, it's been confirmed a body found at Medway Bridge Marine is a 32-year-old man who went missing. Billy Angel was discovered in Borstal yesterday afternoon, a week after he was last seen. His family have described him as the most caring, kind, soft-hearted soul you could come across. Nearly one in five patients who went to A&E units in Kent last month had to wait more than four hours for treatment. 83% was seen within the target time, a decrease on the same month last year and well below the government target of 95%. Nationally, there's been a sharp rise in the number of emergency patients facing long delays to be admitted, up 15,000 on 12 months ago. More than £11,000 has been donated to the family of a 38-year-old dad who died in a crash in Tunbridge Wells. Subash Pai was driving to his dental practice when he hit the central barrier on the A21 almost two weeks ago. An online fundraising page has been set up to help pay for the funeral. Crash investigators are still keen to speak to anyone who saw the collision or has dashcam footage. A skier from Medway who won gold at the Youth Olympics is recovering after being diagnosed with a rare blood clot on the brain. 19-year-old Maddie Rowlands has been telling Rebecca what happened. Basically, it was about a month ago and I woke up with a headache and I usually get migraines, so I thought nothing of it really. But then it seemed to get progressively worse quite quickly. I wasn't really able to eat or drink. I couldn't move. So I went to the GP and then they turned me away saying it was a migraine, but said if it was still there the next day to get checked at A&E. So I went to the hospital the next day because nothing had changed and the tablets didn't work. And I sat there for 12 hours in pain. And I got sent home again saying it was a migraine. And then the next day I went back in, sat there for another like 10 hours just for them to scan my head and then they found the blood clot. So, so you were just feeling horrendous, I'm guessing, for like that whole period. And so how long was it from when you started feeling ill to when they actually discovered that there was a, a blood clot? Was it quite a long while then, it sounds like? Well, I started feeling bad on the Saturday, went to the GP Monday then the hospital Tuesday and Wednesday and then finally got admitted Wednesday night. And what was your reaction when you heard there was a blood clot? Like, is that quite rare? Did they say it's quite a rare thing to happen? Yeah, I mean, for my age, definitely. And the blood clot itself is extremely rare. They said that they haven't seen a case like this in five years, but yet within 48 hours, five of us young people were in the hospital with it. So did they give you any reason why you got the... The blood clot? No, they checked all my bloods and there wasn't anything wrong with them pretty much. But they said that it could be an external factor, but they're not sure. Basically, there's no knowing. <laughs> and so how were you feeling that whole time? You, were, you, were you just feeling really 
really sort of groggy or like were you able to sort of walk around at all? Yeah, like to start with, I was just quite thankful that they found it and that I was in there. But towards the end, I was kind of sitting there thinking, why, why is this happening to me? And I had a few friends that came to visit me and they were pretty much inpatient with me. <laughs> yeah, so that helped a lot. <laughs> and so they treated it with blood thinning medication is, is that what they gave you yeah i'm on warfarin at the moment whilst i was in hospital i missed a trip to germany and then i'm having to cancel a trip to new zealand it kind of sucks but at the same time i've never really been home for that long so it's quite nice as well kent online news a teenager has been charged after police found heroin cocaine and cash hidden behind a sofa at a house in sheerness two mobile phones were also seized from the property on monday night a 14 year old boy from lancashire has been remanded in custody and is due at youth court next week police have released cctv pictures of a man they're hunting after a man in his 80s was threatened and had his money stolen in Canterbury. It happened as the victim walked along Sturry Road. A 17-year-old boy from the city who was arrested over it has been released while investigations continue. The man in charge of Medway Councils admitted the Rochester Castle concerts could be permanently scrapped after this year's event made a loss of £300,000. An urgent review is being carried out after disappointing ticket sales last month. Craig David had to step in to replace Jess Glynn at the last minute and the traditional Saturday night proms was the only night to sell out. Alan Jarrett's been speaking to Keelan on KMTV. So Alan, the £300,000 losses, you've mentioned previously you're going to look into a review of the concerts. What's mm -hmm. the latest there? Well, we've, we've um, asked officers to undertake a review to see whether we can come up with a winning formula, which we've had in the past, by the way. Um, these losses are, are recent. Last year was, um, was a significant loss. This year... Would have been a lot better, but for the Jess Glynn cancellation, uh, we think we lost about £120,000 on that. So that would have showed an improved performance, um, but not uh, and not good enough. So we will carry out a review. We'll we look at a number of things like, is the venue right? One of the problems with the venue, of course, it's small. It can only hold 4,500 people. And artists like Jess Glynn, they, you know, they command very high fees, in, in excess of £100,000 for one night stand. So... Um, we're on a knife edge with it, really. I mean, ultimately, irrespective of Jess Glynn, it still would have been a significant loss yeah, anyway. Well. So where else do the, does the problem lie aside from that? Well, part of it is is the way we budget for the Castle Concerts. All our other uh, festivals and events, and there's about 30 days of those in Medway, are all, they're all subsidised, they're all run at a loss, and we budget for a loss. What we've done with the Castle Concerts, because it did break even in former times, we budgeted for it to not just break even, but actually return a profit, £50,000. We budgeted for profit, so um, it's all a matter of budgeting. So one of the things we'll do in the review is decide uh, uh, whether we keep the castle concerts, whether we budget for a subsidy. That will be one of the decisions we have to make, because these concerts are popular. Um, but to but to cost us that amount of money on, on four nights is is excessive. A lot of people have been saying that uh, it's down to them not being able to bring their own food and drink back in. Would you consider removing the alcohol ban? Well, we did that under advice, and the problem is, you know, if you if you take advice on safety, health and safety, and ignore it, and something goes wrong, I'm afraid then you're seriously held to account. So, but we will we'll be reviewing everything, and I'm sure that was a factor to some extent. 
But there are a number of issues, you know, um, whether the acts, whether all the acts were good enough, whether they were popular enough. And one of the things we, I think we need to do is actually ask Medway people who they want to see and see if we can accommodate that. That's reasonable to review, include that in the review, I think. And in light of your bid as uh, City of Culture in Medway, it would obviously be damaging to lose such a cultural event in the area. Well, it would. It, it, it absolutely would, and we wouldn't want to lose it. But, we, you know, there's a number of options we can look at. Is it the right venue? We've got other open, large open spaces that we might be able to bring into the mix, so uh, all bets are off at the moment. Um, I've said quite clearly that this is unsustainable and we won't continue with it. If necessary, we'll stop the concerts, but we'll do everything to keep them keep them running in a cost-effective okay. way. Kent Online reports. Dog owners say they've been unable to let their pets off the lead at a Kent nature reserve following sewage and diesel spills. One person claims their animal got ill after going into the water at Swalecliff Brook near Hearn Bay. The Environment Agency is investigating a diesel leak from the nearby Southern Water Facility last Wednesday, and there are concerns it could have an impact on local wildlife. A man's been arrested after war medals were stolen from a 106-year-old veteran in Sittingbourne. They were taken from his home in Milton Regis on Saturday afternoon. A 40-year-old was detained yesterday. A Margate man's been prosecuted for submitting fake jewellery and travel insurance claims worth more than £8,000. The 35-year-old pretended to have lost his partner's engagement ring and luggage after trips abroad. He's been ordered to do 240 hours of unpaid work. And finally today, Sharon Stone's made a surprise visit to Margate's Turner Contemporary. The Hollywood star tweeted a pic praising their photo exhibition, celebrating our love affair with the seaside. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.